You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger and Justin Lape. So they suck. They suck again, right? Like, like it, it. They were good for damn near two weeks, which I think is the longest stretch of time that they've ever been good um, in the past decade. But um, it appears as if they're bad again. So there's that. Welcome to the Canes Country Podcast. My name's Brett Finger, and per usual, Justin Lape is also here. Hi, Justin. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well, and I want to say that um, the the annual sucking part where they end up sucking for a whole month, it, it finally uh-huh. hit the... It, normally, it's October, right? We normally start off on a terrible pace, but they did well in October. Mm-hmm. Now it's turning into November, so November is going to be the month. They're, they're, they're switching up everything. Uh-huh. It's a different trend now. Yeah, so, yeah. You got to love yeah. the, the new regime. They're really bringing yeah. in change. Uh, like they promised but hey we're the Corsi kings right so everything's good yeah everything's great everything's just perfect let's let's just uh let's just get into it so the road trip uh when we last talked um they were about to go to arizona and start their four game western conference road trip and they did that um unfortunately they didn't play in the first period and they fell behind three nothing and lost four three in overtime after fighting back uh, very valiantly. Uh, then they went to Vegas the next night and got shut out 3 nothing. Then they went to St. Louis two nights later and lost 2-1. to one. And then they went to Chicago two nights later and won and salvaged the road trip. They went 1-2-1 on the four-game trip. Um, so I, I guess let's just talk about this road trip first before we move on to the disaster that was Saturday night in Raleigh. Uh, Justin, what are your takeaways from a road trip that, frankly, was pretty painful? Well, I think originally when you looked at the schedule, you thought, okay, best case scenario out of this four-game trip is six points. The worst case scenario would have been three, and that's what they got. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Vegas game was pretty forgettable. You get shut out. Occasionally, you're going to run into that. I mean, there's just some nights it doesn't bounce your way. But the other ones... I mean, just just rough, just rough. St. Louis was was obviously a tough loss, but I think the overtime loss to Arizona hurt especially because I think they wanted to get started off on the right foot, and it just yeah. didn't go their way. But Chicago's, I think, was even though it was a win, it was a sign of things to come into what happened in that Detroit game. As everybody knows, they were leading that game for nothing at one point. And Chicago came back with three straight goals. Given more time, could they have done it? Possibly. Probably. We, I mean, I mean, Chicago, it's a bad year for them, but they still have offensive skill, you know. Um, but, yeah, I just I, – I think the most frustrating thing was, was the Detroit game. I mean, they played so well through two periods, and then, you know, a 3-1 to one lead with 14 minutes to go in the third. You think, okay – they can, you know, even if, even if maybe they tie this up, you think they got it in overtime or, you know, a shootout or something like that. Nothing. And it just, it was on goals that, frankly, I think Darling would want back. I'm not placing the blame on him. I think a lot of people put the blame on him. Um, 
trust me, he doesn't deserve a pass for some of his recent play either. But I'm just saying that this game was not his fault. You put 52 shots on net. You got to do something about that. You have to finish. You just have to finish. And that's what this team doesn't have. They can they can bring the puck up the ice. Well, they can zone entries are good. Um, Possession numbers are good. They can get shots on net, but they just either a can't get them in high danger areas or B, when they do get them in that situation, they can't finish. And frankly, I, I, you know where this is going to transition. The Canes used to have a finisher. His name was Jeff Skinner. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that it's more apparent that that was a huge mistake. I think, okay, Lindholm, you knew, was going to catch fire in Calgary. I mean, he's playing on the top line there. He's getting big minutes. He's getting, he has yeah, very I mean, skilled. It, yeah, it, he, it'd, be, it'd be difficult for anyone to go to Calgary and not be on fire. Yeah. And, and because of the frankly, flames. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, that was enough there. Um, yeah. But frankly, yeah, you put, he has more skilled line mates than he would have here. So, but I'm just saying the Jeff Skinner trade, I just, to this one, I still don't get it. And I think this is coming back to bite them. They just don't have that finisher. Even Aho, I think, has kind of hit a bump in the road. Yes, he had the point streak. We, you know, he did well. Um, he gets a he makes a beautiful pass in that Chicago game. I think, you know, he still yeah. has the skill for sure. But I just think maybe maybe that line has hit a bump in the road a little bit. I don't know. It's just they're getting the shots. They're getting the chances. They're just not finishing. And that's what's really hurting them on this on this big, you know, honestly, bad stretch of 10 games. So, yeah, um, going back to the Arizona game, uh, going down three nothing in the first period. Uh, that was tough. That was really tough. Uh, they were able to come back and force overtime. Um, Peter Morazic got hurt in that game. Uh I thought he was fine in the final two periods, but the first period was a was a uh, adventure. Um, so I mean, it, I think I think some score effect played in to that one. Uh, they, Arizona goes up three nothing at home. They kind of take a breath and they let Carolina get get back into the game. Uh, yeah, Vegas and St. Louis was bad, uh, and it, you know the Chicago game was scary they, I mean they were up for nothing and like you said they let them come back uh, and it really was just a uh, just a taste of what was gonna happen on on Saturday against the Red Wings um, for me I get the whole uh, argument and sentiment about you know shootouts and skill competitions should not decide games and I agree with that Um but that's not why they lost. Uh, they they lost because they had a three one lead in the in the third period, uh, and and they blew it. They they went into a shell, and you know I, I think Robert Nemours said it best after the game, and it's something he said a lot. It's um, they're not good enough to to take a breath. You you can't take a lead uh, against a team in this league if you're the Hurricanes. Um, you can't do that and then take a breath and take a step back and get off your game. I think that's what they did in Chicago. I think that's what they did against Detroit. And, and Detroit is, is not a very good team. Uh, Jonathan Bernier entered the game with an 873 save percentage, and he made 49 saves. What have we seen from this team so far uh, is that 
a lot of the problems that they had last year are are back this year. Uh, I, I don't know how to fix that, but Tom Dundon and Don Waddell and Rob Rindamore have to figure out a way because the, the way that they're playing right now will not win them games. We, we've seen this. No way. We, no we've, way. Se- we've seen this brand of hockey for, for years now. Uh, I'm fine with them losing. Uh, Justin, you and I both didn't think they were going to be a playoff team this year. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of concerned about how they're losing because it looks a lot like last year and they can't, they can't fall back into that. They just can't. And just for the, the well, their own well-being. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to watch. And, you know, I guess it's okay to give Darling the benefit of the doubt in the first few games, but I mean that in each of their loss, technically they've had four goals and that includes like the shootout loss as well. Um, I just, and I think the, the thing about the shootout loss again was the, the frustrating choice in personnel. Okay. We get it. Jacob Slavin can, can may have a good set of hands for a defenseman. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. In my opinion, he's like top 20, I would say if I had put him in there, Yeah. but there's no reason you should sit Tavo Teravainen or for crying out loud, Jordan Stahl on the bench while he takes the Andre first Svechnikov. attempt and then you've yeah Svechnikov give the rookie a chance and then you put, then you followed up with Brock McGinn just because he got lucky and beat beat the the Sharks in in a shootout I mean I don't know man that's just I I'm starting to question his personnel decisions and and I mean the power play is still atrocious in my opinion I mean they you know yeah they bounced back with a few goals recently but it's just the same same old issues, really. Um, and, and the thing that worries me the most is actually, to me, the defense doesn't look as good as it normally is. And it, I don't know. It's just it's getting to the point where they they might have to can to really go all in for if if William Nylander is available, they're gonna have to go all in and maybe even overpay. They need goal scoring. They they can't wait any longer. You know, Dundon, I think, is probably getting impatient looking at the last 10 games and saying, what the heck happened to this fun team that's getting attention for how they win? And, and you know, cl- you know the, cl- the the Viking clap and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's probably looking at that and saying, what's happening to my product here? And, and really, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I guess if you fix the offense, if you go out and get that top six forward, like, like they're rumored, you know, does it? Does it provide at least a quick fix in the time being until you can, you know, fix the goaltending situation again in the offseason or, or, you know, add more forwards? I mean, do you, do you go ahead and make that move or do you think that, you know, especially seeing this recent stretch, do you think that's even worth it? I, I think we're at the point where, um, in, in case you didn't know, Elliot Friedman reported on Saturday night that Kyle Dubas and company in Toronto are at the point where they are fielding offers for William Nylander legitimately. Um, they're seeing who is and who isn't on the table from teams uh, in, in a potential trade. So this, the Nylander thing is, is really getting to a point where we need to, you know, figure out an answer. So, you know, we're getting to that point. December 1st is, is getting closer and closer. Uh, so, so we're getting close to that. Um, Here's my thing on Nylander. Do I think 
that adding Nylander will make this team good and, and turn them into a playoff team this year? No, I, I don't think so. I think it'll help them. I think it'll help their offense. I, you know, I mean, just imagine a second line with Svechnikov and Nylander. I mean, that that sounds amazing, right? Um, so I, I love the idea of William Nylander being on this team, really. And I, I while I don't think it'll make them a playoff team, I, I do think it helps them in the long term because you're adding a, a star caliber forward to this group. Um, and, you know, as the team, hopefully, and, and I mean hopefully because it's far from a, a done deal uh, that, that they'll start to fix the stuff around it, uh, the goaltending uh, being at the forefront of that. When they do fix these things, um, you have another star forward in the fold. And, and, and I like the idea of that. And if you have to trade Pesci for him, which is the the big name rumored? I'd do it. I, I mean, obviously you have to you have to go up from there. I mean, you have to add stuff to to that deal going to Toronto. Um, but I, I I'm I'm for it. I really am. And at this point, I mean, we it's just been the same thing. And if you're not going to try to do something different, then it's gonna it's gonna keep being like this, and there's change for the sake of change, and you know I I just don't think it's this is an example of it. I think it's a needed change, and just I mean you can't watch that offense score two or three goals on forty five to fifty shots every night and and just stand back and say that that's okay. You just can't, and you know this bottom line. I I think Nylander would be a really good fit on the team. And as they keep losing and, and struggling on offense, um, I'm, I'm led to believe that, yeah, they, they should probably consider doing it. And keep in mind also, you, you touched on this, Tom Dundon is not going to stand by and, and be patient about this. Um, he spent a lot of money to get this hockey team, and, and he's in it for the long haul. I mean, he, he, this team ain't going anywhere. So he has to figure out a way to make this work. And... You know, losing like this isn't isn't going to cut it. Uh, while I don't think they're a playoff team this year, I th- I could see trading for William Nylander being something that Don Waddell and Tom Dundon would 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 definitely think strongly about, given how this se- season has gone. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, see, I think the beginning made me want to believe that I was wrong and and that, that they aren't a playoff team. But I think um, the big uh, thing that all most Canadian pundits kind of say is you figure out what your team is by American Thanksgiving. And I think that we'll really know what they are by Thanksgiving. If they turn it around in these next few games and, you know, start winning some games, kind of fix their mistakes, then you go out and make that move for Nylander. I I think that's worth it. I don't think you go out and get Nylander if it's not – if you're not in a position or, you know, at least close to a playoff, like a playoff spot, if the season was to end. Um, I, I, I get that. And I agree with you. Um, I should, I should add from my, from my spiel on it. I'm also taking into account 
what I think Tom Dundon is thinking right now. And yeah, yeah I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can tell, yeah, he's he'll be impatient, and, and he has every right to be. Um, he took over this team from a complacent owner that was really hands-off for the past, you know, 10 years, yeah. <laughs> it seems like, um, since the last playoff run, maybe. He hasn't really said, hey, go out and get this, or go out and make this move, or it he's feels just like, hands-off. It feels off. like the last time that happened was the whole Alexander Semen thing. And after yeah. that blew up in his face, it, it just, he didn't, he wasn't a hands-on owner anymore. He's kind of faded yeah. away. Yeah, and, and and I think Dundon's the exact opposite, um, as we've seen so far, really. And I, I think that with, with you have almost like a franchise corner piece like this available in William Melander, y- you might want to take a run at it and try everything you can. And I think he'll, I don't know if he'll, he'll take no for an answer. He wants Waddell to do it. Um, yeah, in, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, you got this big home stand now. Okay. So you get your first point out of it. That's, I guess it's looking at the positive side of it, but you play Chicago, probably cam ward on Monday. Yeah. Either that's either going to be, or tonight. Sorry. I apologize. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, (laughs) we'll probably see how this goes. (laughs) You guys can add us on Twitter or whatever, uh, when this goes horribly wrong, but it's either going to be a brilliant game by him allowing like one goal or shutting us out, or it could be pretty beneficial and they could give up, you know, upwards of five. You are <laughs> you so just right. You are, you are, it, yeah. it, that game is either going to be, it's going to be either way for, yeah. for cam or, or it's going to be huge a win. huge win. Yeah. There's no in between. Yeah. There's no in between. It's not going to be a nail biter. It's not going to overtime. <laughs> it's one or the other. So, um, yeah, and then you get a four-day four day break, and then you take on two division opponents on back-to-back days. So that is a really big weekend next weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I think you got to come out at least three or four points there. At least. Um, if, if you split, ugh, yikes, then you're going to have to make it up against either Toronto and Florida. And Florida may not be the team that we kind of expected them to be this year. I think that... Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought they were going to take a step forward. They had 94 points last year, and and you know it's another. They added Hoffman, you know, so it's it's yeah. a pretty good team too. Um, and then you wrap it up against the Islanders right before, you know. So, um, you know, I I don't know. It's going to be tough because you got two sets of back to back. You do have some breaks in between, but maybe they just need to keep playing. Maybe that's the problem. There have been too many gaps. There's been three-day breaks and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I think they need to keep it rolling. And, and I think Chicago will really tell us how the, how the rest of the week's going to go and how that weekend's going to go. Yeah, I think it's usually six or seven of those playoff teams on, on Thanksgiving I, I end up being – in the top eight at the end of the year. So, I mean, it's serious. I mean, that's, that's a trend. Like that's how it always goes. So they have to finish strong and, and, and kind of, or finish November strong. That is, um, they have a really important homestand. They have six straight at home and they had a chance to make that Detroit game. Like the start of like a feel good homestand that gets them back on the horse, so to speak. But it ended up being the exact opposite. They got a point, but I mean that that was just an ugly game that they can't lose. If they 
want to be a playoff team, which is what they said all offseason. Um, if they want to be different, which is what, again, they said all offseason, uh, that's not how you do it. You don't lose that game because we saw that game a lot last year. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so beyond the Nylander stuff, uh, the Hurricanes have been rumored to be in the market for a top six forward of some sort. I guess we'll see. Um what names are going to be rumored around, if any. Um, it it kind of, it, it brings me back to the whole thing with Dundon. I just, I don't see him in Waddell standing pat and, and not doing anything because that's something Ron Francis did. And, and I think that, you know, Ron Francis was super patient. And, and while he, he built up an excellent farm system that the Hurricanes are going to benefit from for a very long time. And we're about to talk about the checkers as well. Um, you know, he he did, he never made the deal that put them over the hump or, or made a big one-for-one one type of trade. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't see this new regime standing back and letting this kind of stuff go on for much longer before they make a pretty significant shakeup. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, Justin, do you want to move on to the Charlotte Checkers? Well, actually, before we move on to the checkers, um, okay. um, I'm going to transition a little bit here. It's going to be a weird twist, but uh, okay. <laughs> um, the Hurricanes are not surprising, in your opinion, correct? Surprising? Uh, no, yes. I'm, I'm not surprised. You, They are exactly where you kind of expected them to be. Mediocre. Yep, pretty much. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here. And what has been your surprising team so far? What is a team that surprised you around the league? Oh, man. Uh, the Islanders are winning, and Tomas Grice has been amazing, even outside of the Carolina games. So that's something. Um, Vegas has really taken a big step back. They're starting to look like an expansion team again, which um, which isn't really surprising, but um, for some people it probably will be. Uh, Montreal has been really good. Uh, they, I mean... Max Domi's been great for them, and it, it, that was a trade over the offseason that I, I just didn't understand for Montreal, but it's working out right now. And, uh, yeah, I, I think those are the, the biggest surprises right now. Yeah, to me, I think it's Vancouver. Vancouver, um, too, yeah. Yeah, Vancouver's been, been the team that I think you and I, we... We've been wrong so far. Okay, there's still a lot of hockey left to be played, but on Vancouver and the Islanders, um, I think Vancouver more so because people are kind of like, oh, they're going to be in the Hughes lottery. So um, right now it looks like it's almost L.A.'s to lose. (laughs) Um, They're just ridiculously bad and and nothing – really seems to be going their way. It's only a matter of time, I think, until they start selling off some pieces. So I saw there was a little bit of talk about Pittsburgh and, and L.A. possibly having that. I don't know if that means like Toffoli or Pearson or something like that. But, um, yeah, Vancouver, definitely the big surprise for me. Yeah, Elias Pedersen has been amazing. Amazing. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's been out of this world good. I mean, he's not going to keep this up forever the pace he's at because i think he's shooting like 30 percent or something um so that's going to come down or or maybe not valentin zikoff was scoring or was shooting 30 percent almost all year last year in the ahl so 
maybe maybe Pedersen's going to shoot 30% throughout the rest of his career and score 2,000 goals. <laughs> and frankly, um, I hate to get anyone's hopes up. I still think highly of Andrei Svechnikov, but he will not be winning Rookie of the Year. Yep. <laughs> you can you can cold takes expose me this, this if this comes back. You can pull this up, whatever. But he is not going to be Rookie of the Year. I think just based on his lack of ice time and his start so far, four goals, hey, I'll take it. You know, he it, it's good. Especially with his the line mates he's, he has been given. So um, Pedersen's kind of getting full opportunity and is miles ahead in the caller race. I'd honestly be surprised if Svechnikov was even nominated. I think that mm-hmm. unless, unless Rod gives him a huge ice time boost, which he has the skill to finish. We've seen that. And he, he's he looked great lately. Good, he's yeah, great he'll lately. be a very good player for the Hurricanes. But I just think... He's kind of behind in the race so far, and I think it's really Pedersen's trophy to to win as of right now. So, but yes, on to the checkers. Yeah, so the checkers, uh, they they had a great start to the year, and now they've lost a couple games. Justin, um, is it is it time to panic about the Charlotte checkers after their ten and one start? I mean, they've they've lost two of their last three. Is it? Is it is the sky falling? The sky is not falling as of yet. <laughs> um, yet, yeah, they're still they're still a ridiculously skilled team. Um, it, I actually kind of like that they lost a few games because you know I think they still had some bad habits despite um, despite all the winning. I think they were also one that kind of co- became complacent with the lead. I think that you kind of saw that in the Providence series. Um, where you know they they kind of came out to these leads and then started slipping late and started playing less late. So um, I think Volucci will probably be actually kind of happy with these losses too, so that they can fix you know fix some of the issues that they've had um, with the power play. Uh, they, they're very streaky with it. It's got skill. You see the the type of firepower they have. It's really one of the best. I mean, they were the best team coming into this weekend was of of you know the best team in the AHL. So. Um, yeah, I I, I kind of like that they lost in a way. I think they'll 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 fix some things, and and they've got some home games coming up near the end of November, um, which again I don't know if people really have been keeping up with them, but they've really been on the road most of the season. So, um, and the AH, AHL schedule can be ridiculous. I mean, they played three games in three three days this weekend. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's I I kind of like that they lost. <laughs> I I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I think that they're going to be extremely good. I think they're going to compete for an HL title. I think they're going to have an extremely good year. Um, but yeah, they, they've they been a little loose at times. And I, I think, you know, Nadelkovic has been good for the most part. Um, they have the skill and the talent um, to get away with a lot of stuff. It, it's kind of like the opposite of the Hurricanes. Uh they don't. They're not good enough to take a break or take a breath, um, but the checkers are. Um, they they are exactly. They they can take a breath or two in a game uh, and still be okay. But they, it'd probably be good if they uh, went ahead and cleaned some of that stuff up. Yanni Kuokinen's been amazing. I think that he needs to be in the NHL uh, again. I've liked Julian Gauthier's season so far. Martin Natchez and Jake Bean have started to. You know, or Jake Bean's been been really good, really for the past ten games or so. 
but Martin Natchez is is really starting to you know be a point producer and get more comfortable in that league. Um, one interesting thing is Saku Manalainen. So we talked about this uh, last week or two weeks ago um, about how Mike Vellucci was pretty unhappy about Saku Manalainen and the effort and and what really just kind of looked like him adjusting to North America and playing in the new league and everything. Um, Bellucci called him out, and since then, he's been really good. Yeah, and uh, I like that Callum Booth got some starts. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I think that, you know, we kind of had Nadelkovic playing so many games early on, and, you know, uh, Booth only got one in the first 11. So, yeah, um, yeah it's kind of kind of nice to see him. You're particularly high on him. I like Callum Booth. I, I do. I like him. Um, what does that mean? Uh, it means very little. <laughs> this has been the Canes Country Podcast. Hopefully the Canes start winning more. That would be great. Maybe they'll trade for Nylander. Uh, maybe. maybe. I guess we'll see. Um, Justin, where can the fine folks that listen to this podcast follow you on Twitter? They can follow me at LankyLape on Twitter. They can also follow Canes Country at Canes Country and... Uh, at Kane's Country Pick on Instagram and also like on Facebook. But also, oh. we're going to continue to plug it because yep. you should rate us <laughs> and um, leave a little comment. And tell us how we're doing. We'd love to read it out on the podcast. I mean, just 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 anything. You just tell us how you are. <laughs> if you hear this, leave us one and just say just write a number, just a number, so we know you're listening. Boom, there you go. Wow, that's um, I'm sure a lot of people will do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just leave, leave a little comment. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore finger. Uh, definitely check out everything that's going on on canescountry.com. Uh, Justin and I both have weekly things. Justin writes about the checkers and does so very well. Uh, it keeps you up to date. And I write about, uh, how the hurricanes make me upset once a week on uh, quick whistles. So, yep, that's a podcast. Uh, enjoy the hockey or don't. Uh, we probably won't enjoy the hockey either, so you're not alone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.